the word of God, follow the word of God carefully. Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the most high dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolation he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. This is God's word. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Glorious Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. Spirit of God, I pray you will minister to us today. May we be strengthened by the word of God. Draw us closer, O Lord. Take us a step closer to you. Bless each and every one of us as we listen to the word of God. Let it come alive and be with us and produce 30, 60, and 100-fold harvest for the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is a well-known psalm. So Psalm 46 was written in the context of problems, stress, uncertainty, and danger. The psalmist world was falling apart and that's what's happening in our lives too. We too are living in a situation similar to that. So we believe the psalm applies to us today in our current uh, situation. That's why we should make God as our refuge and strength. We too face like the you know, health issues. We too have fractured relationships. We too face job loss, salary cuts, betrayal, COVID and lockdowns, discrimination, persecution, and so on. The source of our strength cannot be in government or in economy or companies, or properties, or people, or anything else that is temporary. We are strong only when we trust in God. We are strong when our trust is in God. 
our safety in this world is holding tightly to our Lord Jesus Christ and holding loosely to our spouse, our children, our parents, our money, our job, our ministry. We must make God as our refuge and strength. We can call the psalm a psalm of radical trust in the face of overwhelming threat. The psalm has covered all kinds of threats. You cannot imagine more than that. We will never face a situation more than this. That's the beauty of this psalm. But the good news is God wages wars against the evil powers and he overcomes it. That is the good news. That is why we sing, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. This morning too we sign, no weapon formed against you shall prosper because God wages war against on your behalf. So the basic message of the Psalm is don't fear, don't faint, don't fight. That is the basic message of the Psalm. Don't fear, don't faint, don't fight. So the first thing is don't fear. So the question that comes to us is, my situation is so bad, how can I not fear? So the psalmist, is say, psalmist says, don't fear, God is your refuge. That's how he begins the psalm. The first three verses says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake, they are surging. He begins with the opening remarks. He begins with the statement, God is our refuge and strength and never present help in trouble. Then he goes on to describe the three most stable things in the world. Have you ever thought about it? The three most stable things in the world, such as the ground we stand on, the mountains we can see, and the waters staying within the boundaries. Those are three most stable things in the world. No, we didn't go to bed thinking that will there be an earthquake or will the earth hold me or not. The earth is stable. And if you are living in a mountainous region, every morning when you get up, you don't go and check whether the mountain or hill is still there or not. It is there. And if you are living by the side of a seashore, you know, you know that water is contained within its boundaries. So these are the most three most stable things in the world. And the psalmist says, all three are really unstable. 
think of earthquakes, think of volcanoes, and think of tsunamis, then you will realize all three are unstable. In the midst of such life-threatening situation, he confirms that God is our refuge. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar, God is still in control. Today we sang the one who reigns forever. God is still in control. He will always remain in control. That's the reason the psalmist says, God is, your, is our refuge. We can hide in him. And then he says, God is our help, strength. He helps us. And these two go together. If you want help, we should hide in him. We should make God as our refuge. So these two go together. This is possible only when we make God as our inheritance. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. This assurance from the Lord, this is from the Lord, should take care of all our fears and anxieties. Then he goes on to say that God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. God is like 24-7 help desk. You know, you hear we have the help desk, you keep calling them, they don't attend. But God is not like that. 24-7 he's there to help us. It literally means that he has proved himself to be such a help in the past. And we can therefore trust him in the present. We need to have this experience of God helping us in the past. If we don't have this experience, it's difficult for us to negotiate in the present. When we have experienced this God in the past, then we can always say an ever-present help in the trouble. I'm sure all of us had experienced God's help in the past, so we can say now an ever-present help in trouble. God is an ever-present help in trouble. If you are in trouble today, make Jesus as your refuge. We need not live in fear because he is our refuge, he is our strength, and he is our help. Come, what may happen? The three most stable things, even when they become unstable, I will not fear because God is my refuge and strength. This verse two and three can be true only if verse one is true. Unless we make this verse one true, verse two and three cannot become true. That is the most important thing. That's the way the psalmist begins. God 
is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble. That has to be true in a believer's life. And that is the reason the psalmist is imagining the worst calamity that is possible. There cannot be more serious than this. A severe earthquake, a volcano, or a tsunami. There's nothing greater than this. And psalmist is saying that I don't have to fear because God is my refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. And he's picking up the word, the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Why mountains? Because the mountains provided security in times of war. That's the reason he has picked up mountains. People run to war, uh, run to mountains in times of war because the mountains always gave them shelter. It gave them advantage. And Psalmist is saying, even if that mountain, which is supposed to give you security, even that falls into the heart of the sea, I will not fear because God is my refuge. That's the reason why we read in Psalm 121.1, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help doesn't come from the mountains. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. That's the reason why he's using the word mountains. Mountains, people knew in those days. Mountains living in that area means it gave them that security. Uh, if you remember the sermon on the Obadiah, the Edomites, they lived in the mountainous terrain and how it provided security for them, they thought. And here's Psalmist is saying, even if those mountains fall into the heart of the sea, I will not fear. Even if the landscape changes, I won't fear. That's, and then he goes on to say, though its waters roar and foam, the roaring waters of the sea, tsunami, no one could stand that. At times, our lives appear to be out of control. It's more than tsunami. But if God is your refuge and strength, you don't have to fear. Don't fear because God is your refuge. Don't fear because God is your refuge. And then the psalmist goes on to say, don't faint, God is your river. In other words, he says, don't become faint-hearted. Sure, we have heard that phrase, faint-hearted. Don't become weak. Because God is your river. That's what he says in 4 to 7. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the most high dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will, not, God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Interesting. If you have just noticed the first three verses, 
you know, from the roar of rushing waters, that's where we ended, verse three, and toppling mountains, we come to a more peaceful description of the well-watered city of God. We know that without water, we cannot survive. And it is all, all the more interesting to know that Jerusalem is one of the great ancient cities that was not founded on river. You read civilizations, you read history, you'll find that Jerusalem is one of the, those great ancient cities not founded on a river. Whereas you read any other civilization, Indus or Mesopotamia, uh, Euphrates, you read all the civilization, they were all founded on a river. So during, during David's time, there was no river. It wasn't until King Ezekiah, he dug his famous tunnel that we read um, that Jerusalem had a water source within the city walls. When this psalm was penned, there was no river. But the psalmist says, though there is no river in Jerusalem, it has a river. And that river comes from the holy place where the most high dwells. It comes right from the throne of God. You and I have that river. How often have you been to this river? How often? How often you make your living itself by the side of this river? Psalmist had that experience and that's the reason you could say that there is the river whose streams make glad the city of God. Have we as children of God made this river as our source of strength? Is my life is situated by the side of this river. That's the reason John 7, 37, it was a festival day. If you read that chapter, Jesus in John 7, 37, Jesus said, and it says, Jesus said in a loud voice, normally you read Jesus said, but here you will read, Jesus said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Loud voice. You cannot miss out on this. How often we are drinking from this water. It is the rivers of living water. The rivers of joy flow from his throne. Have you tasted this water? Jesus is inviting us to drink from this river. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink so that we can have the joy, the refreshments, and the empowerment of the Lord. Jerusalem did not have a physical river, but it had something even better, the very presence of God. That's the reason Psalmist is saying, says in verse 5, God is within her. The promised presence of God in Jerusalem is a source of renewed confidence for Israel. 
even in the face of attacking enemies, even when everything is crumbling around me, that gives me confidence because God is within me. God is within her. She will not fall. And the Bible is so nice. He says, God will help her at break of day. He will help her at break of day. That's the confidence. No matter how bad things get, God's presence means that he will help us. When God is our refuge, he will help us. When we wake up to start a brand new day, we will experience what Jeremiah said in Lamentation 3, 22 to 23. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God is faithful to us. He will never leave us, nor forsake us. Imagine the situation. The psalmist is saying, it's not an easy situation. He says, nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. Pastor Sani was telling, we just need a voice from God, a word from God. When God speaks, the earth melts. However dangerous, however difficult, however impossible your situation might be, if God speaks into your situation, it'll melt. It'll disappear. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. How often are we by the side of this river waiting to hear this voice of God so that the earth melts? Knowing that, he goes to verse 7 and he says, The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. It is interesting. It is interesting. If you read this psalm again and again, no, you don't have to fear. You don't have to faint. You don't have to fight. The reason being, he says, The Lord Almighty is with us. And why have I underlined this word with us? The root word for Emmanuel. This word comes from the root word Emmanuel. If you read in Hebrew, if you just, if you Google and find out, you'll find the word Emmanuel. So this word with us, this with us comes from the root word Emmanuel and Emmanuel, Matthew 1.23, he is Emmanuel, God with us. The Lord Almighty is with us. When we say Emmanuel, God with us, it's nothing but Psalm 46, verse 7, verse 11. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. We cannot have this God also, and we cannot tremble also. Faith and fear, they don't go together. They are not good companions. So the Lord Almighty is with us, marked by the side of your Bible, Emmanuel, 
It asks Emmanuel. Emmanuel is with us. When we put our faith in Jesus, we have God with us at all times, 24-7. 24-7, God, the almighty God is with us. All the armies of heaven and earth belong to our Lord Jesus Christ because he has all authority. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Do you know that God is a stronghold or a city that cannot be bombed or destroyed? Today, we have bombs that can just uh, flatten a mountain. We have weapons of that on those capes. But do you know that God is a stronghold or city that cannot be bombed or destroyed? And that is the reason. That's the reason we say that God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. And he's our God. I won't faint because God is my river. I won't fear because it's my refuge. And then he goes on to say that, don't fight, don't fight. God is your warrior. He says from verses eight to 11, come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. If you have been following this psalm carefully, for the first time we find the first person and God is introducing himself in the first person. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. God is telling each one of us, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in your life. Will we give God this opportunity to be exalted in our life or we want to fight the battle? It's it's, it's so encouraging. You know, the voice of the triumphant warrior breaks into the scene in the first person. You read the psalm quietly. Read it more you know, many times. Sit and read. And enjoy this. You have a challenging situation around you. You have a difficult situation around you. You cannot even speak, tell others. We all have difficult situations and God breaks into that situation. And then he says, be still and know that I am God. Hear this voice, be still and know that I am God. Don't be busy fighting. The Hebrew word translated be still actually means take your hands off. Take your hands off. 
God is saying to us, take your hands off and let me be God in your life. The only challenge I have found in my life is I don't give God that opportunity. That, that's where the challenge comes. I want to fight my battle. I want God, but I want to fight battle. But wisdom is allowing God to be God in my life. Take your hands off and let God be God in your life. Often we want to manipulate and control and we want to do things. God says, no, 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 that's not the way it will work. He has only one demand on us. The demand is stop your fighting and fix your eyes on Jesus. Stop, because God, the Lord Almighty is with us. I said with us means Emmanuel. Fix your eyes on Emmanuel. That's it. Be still. Now, hands off does not mean idleness. This is not resignation. You know, God is there, so I can just lie down. No, no, that, that's not, that doesn't mean hands off. Being still for God means unconditional obedience. Unconditional obedience and prevailing prayer. Being still, being in his presence, reading the word of God more and more, being in his, just in his presence. We want to be by the side of the river all the time. I don't want to move away from the river. That is being still. Waiting on God. Instead of jumping ahead. We need to ask God for wisdom. Because even when God says, God's asked me to do something, I need to ask God, God, is it your timing? I don't want to run ahead of your timing. Sometimes God shows us things that you have to do. But we need to ask God, is it your timing? Because if you go ahead of his timing, he is not there. We have to follow him. And this is the mark of wisdom. Be still and know that I am God. God is indeed the refuge, strength, and fortress. That's the reason we can remain confident even in the face of a crumbling world. The world is crumbling and we can be confident, bold, because God is our refuge and strength. He is our fortress. The Lord Almighty is with us. Read the Old Testament and New Testament together. Let it come alive. When you say God, Emmanuel, Jesus, his name will be Emmanuel, God with us. Go back to Psalm 46 and read this. You, you have the situation painted here. There you have only a statement. God is with us. Here the psalmist is describing the exact situation. Your situation cannot be more severe than this. None of our situations can be more severe than this. The earth gives way. The mountains are falling into sea. The seas are surging. 
Our situations cannot be serious than this. God is with us. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is your fortress. Please make a note by the side of Psalm 46. Don't fear. God is your refuge. Verses 1 to 3. Don't faint. God is your river. Write that R in capital R. Verses 4 to 7. And then write, don't fight. God is your warrior against verses 8 to 11. Don't fear. Don't become weak-hearted. Don't faint. Don't fight. Don't try to prove yourself. Don't try to take control of the situation. You are not God. Let God be God in our lives. Let him fight. He knows how to fight. He's a warrior God. He fights well. So don't fight. God is your warrior. So how do I apply? How do we apply this psalm? Make God your refuge. Whether you are facing a physical threat, it could be illness, it could be anything. It could be a threat from others. Whether you are facing a spiritual threat or an emotional threat, make God as your refuge. The Bible reminds us time and again that we are living in a world wrecked by sin. A world of danger on the outside and brokenness on the inside. We cannot avoid this. So long as we live in this world, we cannot live, we cannot avoid this. The world is full of lonely, depressed and hurting people. We can all join with them and say, yes, it is true. It is true because we too go through these situations. We cannot avoid these realities. We cannot avoid. We are living with sinful people. We are living in a sinful society. We cannot avoid these realities. But one thing we can do, we can seek shelter from them. When God is our refuge, it does not mean that he removes us from the storms of life. But rather, he shelters us while we are in the midst. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not fear because you are with me. Nor does it mean that he will never lead us into difficult or dangerous situations. At least the Bible doesn't say that. We have that, you know, the, the familiar passage that we know Jesus led the disciples into your boat, knowing fully well that a violent storm was brewing. He knew that. The disciples were terrified, but Jesus, that their, their refuge, he calmed their storm. When God is our refuge, we can face even the most dangerous situation. Hold on to God 
tightly and hold on to the world loosely. We are always holding on to something. By nature, we are holding on to something. Wisdom is hold on to God tightly and hold on to world loosely. Whatever may be your world, your spouse, your children, your job, your achievements, your company, your promotions, your money, your ministry, whatever it may be, hold on to those things loosely, but hold on to God tightly. When you hold on to the worldly things tightly, you're holding on to God loosely. And that's where we struggle when there is a storm. When we hold on to God tightly, no matter what our circumstance, our safest place will always be with God, our refuge. So now the question is, make God is your refuge. It's a good statement. How do you make God as your refuge? How do we make God? as our refuge. We, have, we, say we, we are saved people. We have been washed by the blood of Jesus. We have been bought with the blood of Jesus. Now, all the benefits of salvation, like forgiveness, peace, God's unconditional love, God's unfailing love, for us must be appropriated in our daily life. Otherwise it will be only a theory, theoretical statement. It must be appropriated. We must taste it. We must enjoy it. Salvation has to be cherished. It has to be tasted. Our mind has to be touched, our heart has to be touched, our emotions has to be touched, our feelings have to be touched with the salvation. The assurance of God's love, the promise of the Spirit's indwelling presence, the knowledge of our forgiveness, the very access to his presence, the power to overcome sinful habits, the power to overcome destructive habits, all these are just theoretical abstractions until they are inwardly received for our actual use. What I mean by abstract and concrete. Now, when I say Emmanuel, God with us, it is an abstract. What is concrete? Come back to the Old Testament. The Psalmist is describing, even if the earth give way, even when the mountains fall into the sea, even when the sea surge, it is something concrete. You can visualize, you can see it, you can experience it. That is concrete. So our salvation has to become concrete in our lives. It is not enough with just that abstract knowledge. It has to become concrete. It has to come into our life. We have to appropriate. 
It's not enough that I've received forgiveness. We have to experience it in our daily life. And only when we experience these things, we'll be able to use it in our actual life. How do you know you're by the side of the river if the river is not guiding you? If you're not hearing the voice of God, the voice of God melts the earth. It has to become concrete. Salvation must not only grip our heart, but it must shape our life through the inworking of the Holy Spirit. That's the reason this, Paul says, do not be drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Rather be filled with the Spirit. And that's the reason the gospel writer said, if you, you know, earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your earthly father, heavenly father will give you the Holy Spirit for those who ask him. And this will happen only through prevailing prayer. It is only in prayer that spiritual union with God. As a pastor, I think I, I will be so satisfied if I can be of any help in just helping each one of us to become praying people. That's the reason I wanted to start the school of prayer. Some of you, you know that because you have responded. And that's the time as I, it was about to begin, that's the time the cancer journey started. If you and I, if we know how to pray, we will know that God is our refuge. There is no shortcut. We cannot spend our time the way we feel like, and then we say God is our refuge. No, it's not possible. Psalmist has written the Psalm out of his meditations of being in the presence of God, he has penned down the Psalm. The Psalm has not just come out of his mind. It has come out of his being. So you can imagine how many hours you would have spent in the presence of God to pen down the psalm. We will not be able to say the almighty God is with us unless we spend time with him. He, God wants to commune with us. He wants to have intimate relationship with us. One of the reasons is because we tend to understand the Bible not the way we are supposed to understand. For example, I think it's Revelation 3.20. I stand outside and I knock the door. If you open the door, I'll come and have fellowship with you. I'll eat with you. We always, we have taken this and we have applied to the unbelievers. Jesus is standing outside your heart and he's telling, open the door, he'll come and enter. In fact, this verse is for the believers. He says, I want to come and have fellowship with you. You don't go to a, a, you know, a strange person and you'll have a dinner with him. You'll go to your friend's house and we'll have dinner with him. 
And that's the way Jesus is saying, open your, you open the door. I want to come and have dinner with you. I want to fellowship with you. Prayer is that having fellowship with the almighty God, speaking to him constantly. I don't mean 24 hours you're on the knees. I'm not saying that, but having those times, prayer is a hard work. How often you're in prayer. How often you're communing with the Father. How often you're by the side of that living water. Then we'll be able to say God is our refuge. COVID-19 will come. Then something else will come. COVID-21 may come. Who knows? But God is our refuge and strength. An ever-present help in trouble. Please make God as your refuge. Spend time in prayer. Come attend prayers wherever it is possible. Let us graduate from that nursery prayer to your warrior prayer. Let us graduate instead of just the prayer that we have learned only asking, asking, asking. Just communing with this God, the Father. Appropriating all the blessings of salvation. Let that be our focus. That gives us strength to face the daily battles. Let's sing this song. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. Be still and know that I am God. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. And I would request Pastor Sania's song to say prayer. <laughs> Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. We wait upon the Lord. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. We wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. Our God, He reigns forever. Our hope, our strong